1: Welcome to the family with our very special guest,
0: Todd. Ah,
2: oh, I feel good. It's nice and cool in here. It is cool in here. <laughs> I, I like that. Ready to go? Yeah,
1: yeah. You gotta have it cool. Also, our pal from Brand. Acme, Brandon Simon, Jamie, Brandon Simon, <laughs> Andy Rembrandt,
0: <laughs> and Cassie Schrader. I never
1: even realized till right now that your initials are BS. What, hey, a, you shock. Yeah. <laughs> what a shock. We'll be right back with Todd Glass at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. yeah, it's true. I always that. We are back. Todd Glass in studio. BS is here. There's no Brandon anymore. It's all BS. BS now. All right, <laughs> cool. It's going to be phenomenal. Things the BS has
0: arrived.
1: <laughs> yes, the BS has arrived. It's all true. Things are good. You look phenomenal. I was just telling Todd, you're in top shape, man.
2: Well, I feel good. Um, no, I do. You know, I feel good stretching. Got to stretch. Got to stretch. It'll oh, change your whole life. Change your whole life, but um, no, I feel good. I'm always, you know, you know, I I give the same thing about acne every time I'm here. It's good to be back, and yeah fun week i love the long week you know i love coming yeah. i came in on monday came in a day early
1: yeah, you like doing that i know i do
2: i have the band <laughs> here with me uh, some local guys from uh, there's a band local band called uh, mr rogers and the make believe friends two of the guys in the band <laughs> uh, jared not jared uh, jerry and uh, also zach are in the band and then um it's it's and then there's a few other guys in the band too but um it's all fun and andrew yeah so we're all good to go. I over do there. love
1: those music bits you do.
2: I've been having fun. It's, it's like the Netflix cool. special, only like thirty times more involved and it's been a lot of fun. The audiences have been great.
1: Oh yeah, acne uh, audiences are really, really good. Great. Well, it's a great room anyway.
2: It is. It just reeks and there's no I I actually like someone asked me my perfect room if I they didn't think it would involve drinks. I go, no, no, I don't mind drinks being served during a show. I like that people can get a drink. Food during the show isn't my favorite, Yeah, but they don't have any food. They don't have any food, just drinks. So it's like, oh, yeah, you can get drinks out pretty quick, pretty quietly. It's food that you don't want. I hate food in a show.
1: Well, we we talk, uh, who was I just talking to about that, about the the improv in West Palm Beach? Because we spent a lot of time down there. You know what? I'll say
2: something, uh, the, the truth. It's funny. Out of all the clubs you mentioned, I'm not kidding you. I, I call that a glorified restaurant. And <laughs> That's what do what I mean is. by that? If That's somebody said, right. and, and I get into an affectionate <laughs> argument early on when I thought they can curve them from the type of food they serve. You know, here's the truth you can serve food if you want. I prefer Acme, no food. Mm-hmm. But there are clubs that serve food, but they serve food they can get out quickly. Yeah. So they try to have 90% of the food done by the time the show starts. And right, if there's any right. lingering food, it's during the opening act, which isn't great. But they know that you gotta serve food that can be delicious. It can. I like it when it looks proper when it comes to the table, not right. in a white piece of paper with an orange basket. I don't work those clubs. But helium's <laughs> do it right. Helium's do it right and the food comes out. Okay, you can do it. But they have big meals, and they're bringing out desserts and trays. You're a glorified restaurant. Someone said, in So you're a glorified restaurant. If someone said, "What's that mean? Does it mean doesn't mean you don't have a great sound system? You're a glorified restaurant. You have an unbelievable sound system. You have your beautiful stage. Your backstage is beautiful. Yeah. They're beautifully built. The tile, the floor, the leather sofas. But it's not about the show. That's it's true. Not about the show. And there's food going all over the place. And if you get someone in there that really knows comedy." They're like, stop what is going on here. I'm sitting in a restaurant watching a goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people coming over with a tray of cake and serving <laughs> it, during the tray. Big tray. No tray yes. a good club should ever be gone to the first row and they're putting it down for everybody. Here's your salad. I came to watch a show. When you go to dinner theater, and you know, people go, What about in Vegas when they had dinner theaters? Yeah, the same thing. They that dinners were done. Yeah, by Overwhelmingly, go, yeah. by yeah. the time that show started, yeah. they get the, and then it's then you can get a drink, but there's no food. Trays
1: coming. No, out. you're right though that 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 improv in West Palm is a. It's cold. It's
2: not warm.
1: It's big too. That's a huge room. And, and
2: by the way, it's more cold than big rooms because that probably holds 500 people max, 450. But if oh, you really? go to a theater that holds, I did the walking. I walked it in other dead? words okay. i looked at that room in irvine it's the same, one of the same yeah, company's yep, rooms yep. and i walked it from literally like you know three step every pace is three steps right and it's the same as a room that i work in vegas a lot opening up for acts that holds 1200 so from the stage literally uh, to the yeah. back wall measurement yep. not me just saying you know it's yep. as big it's the same distance so one room you have 1200 people same from the stage to the back wall mm-hmm. to the last person in the club It's because in a in a comedy club like that, their tables are so big because they're serving food. Because they're
1: serving food, so
2: you have this room that holds 450 people, but it's cavernous. A room that holds 400 people, done right, can be crazy intimate. 450, 500 is still a small room.
1: How many get into acting? 275. 275, Acme's,
2: yeah. Acme's 275. Yeah, it's right
1: amazing. It's great. What's well, great for comedy? Downstairs, I mean, really the beams. Is. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> the beams. You know, the, in the
2: fluid, it's just everything is
1: great. Who the hell was it? a Bill, uh, oh God, I can see his face. <laughs> Last time he was in a couple years ago, he goes, that's one thing about Acme. I never play Acme in the wintertime. I said, why not? He goes, because you walk down those stairs, and like the bottom five stairs are under a snowbank. Wow.
2: <laughs> I love playing in the winter. Oh, yeah. It's, we, uh, because it's because I don't like the heat. So people yeah. are happier. I noticed that. That's why I always would rather work a club. Uh, you think, what about the boiling heat? The thing is, there's not as many residual effects when you're cold. If you're cold, yeah, it sucks. You're waiting in line. Maybe if the line... Well, at, th- at this club, you never wait outside. You, you, no matter what time you get there, you no, can get inside. Right. Yes, but, even, but when you come inside, you feel good within... 45 seconds, you're not sweating, you don't, yeah. you don't think, oh, you fade. You feel, you know, you feel gross, your hair, you're like, ugh, you go in the room, you're, you're just a, a sweat mark on your shirt, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why cold, I'd always take the cold.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that, well, it's got to, to work, I and mean, it's, well, it's funny, because the, the last time I was at that, the, the Improv in West Palm, Paul Mercurio was, was there. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and Paul does a lot of moving and talks very yeah. loudly and all the rest of it. So it really didn't affect him as much. But uh, you know, one of my favorite stories that I tell, and I don't, I don't even know, Brandon, if you know this or not. No, no, actually, no, you wouldn't know this. Mm-hmm. But the last time you were in town, it was so great because Todd was going off. It was hilarious. We were laughing our asses off, and security came because they thought somebody had lost their mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a guy in there, he's like yelling at everybody. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, sometimes with my podcast that I do in my backyard, <laughs> right. in an old like an old sort of little carriage house, I told my neighbors when I started, you know, hey, just want you know, I said <laughs> I know when I have parties, which are not that often, you guys are always nice, but this is different. I want you to tell me. I don't, you don't yeah. have to think you're being nice. I go, so I got one of those big fans from Lowe's or uh, Lowe's, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like the fans, like you know, they use when the fire department comes in to like clear smoke. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's literally the size of like it's hard the only way i can think to say it is like two trash can lids metal mm-hmm. trash can mm-hmm. lids it's big it's a huge fan mm-hmm. and i put it outside the studio and it does it creates this white noise you know times a yeah, 100 sure. yep. and it does sand the noise off so they're like we hear you but it's from the dist it doesn't bother us i'm like so oh, that's cool. good man. yeah i checked with like four or five neighbors in the first few months because sometimes i'm Screaming.
1: Well, you can't do you can't be you without doing. That. I
2: can. It's not the music. Even the music is fine. They hear loud music. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. you know. It's still in a room with the door, but it's the yelling. You know, and
1: the oh, bits. God. You know, one of the first times. Well, not one of the first times, but several years ago. Like I think I mentioned it yesterday. too. You were in the stethoscope and you're taking people's <laughs> temperatures and everything. And all of a sudden, you start screaming at them, What are you, an idiot? Oh,
2: Tosh. <laughs> boy, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now those yeah, shows Tosh took a turn. No, that's right. That's right. Now I'm doing a mild prank show. We, we changed it a little <laughs> bit. Now it's just mild pranks. Mild? Yeah, like it's, I go up to people and I go, Excuse me, I forgot my cell phone. Do you know what time it is? And they go, Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, two thirty and I go, Ah, I had it in my pocket, you moron. Ah I got you good, the world's dumb. See. <laughs> and then I start That's, screaming. Yeah. Glass. Yeah. Got I that. I switched one of them was they're all like little sketches, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm eating at this uh, restaurant with a friend or something and uh, she she puts soy sauce on her sushi. But I go <laughs> I switched the tops. I put the green one on the red one. You just had low sodium soy sauce. Were you boring a pile of shit? Were you just dumb? You know, so it's just so unnecessarily mean and over the top. Just a
1: low sodium soy Yeah.
2: First of all, it was lower, so it's not even Lower. Bad. It's, it's I mean, lower. It's not even like you made them have high sodium. That's, that's why when one of the writers goes, I know that's little, but I thought it's even funnier that we're, you know, making it. It is 50. very funny. But, um, yeah, yeah. My special's been, you know, fun. I've been touring a lot after special's I did the great. special Netflix, and yeah, now just touring special. around, just having a good time, just loving it. The band makes me like, I mean, I love stand up before, but it's fun with them. It makes oh yeah, it you so can tell you're having a lot of. fun. I am. It's just yep. it's powerful and it's and it's nice, and I like it. Starts the show off, and it's you know, it's just uh, it's just been making my life on the road for a lot of fun you know it's a fun time to do comedy overall so I well plus you're,
1: you're very Sinatra like when the band's with you yeah
2: mm-hmm. it, it gives you a very like you know, <laughs> Gives you, gives you a powerful feeling, yeah. Well,
1: I can see that. It was a great. Was that your idea all the way? You just said, this is what I want to do? When I was little, I would
2: see, you know, the legends, like older comedians, that always had bands.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: And, like, where they would use the band a little bit that they were opening for a musical act, but they had a band, like Rickles or even. Rickles uh, always had a band. He always yeah. had a band. Even Rodney had a four piece band. I didn't know uh, what I loved about Rodney, we might do a little tribute tonight with the band, is he would say, uh, he goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, to you they're just a band. Uh, but to me, to me, uh, these guys are a bunch of fucking idiots.
0: <laughs> and then there'd be like ten people in the band. he go, hey, I'm
2: not being rude. Guys, stand up and tell them what you are. <laughs> so anyway, ten guys would stand up. They were all older. I think they purposely got older guys in the band. Oh, yeah. They looked like real serious musicians. You know, and they would all stand up. And he go, tell them, no, to you. But to, no, they know what they are. Guys, stand up and tell them what you yeah. <laughs> and they, they'd all stand up, all ten, and go, "We're fucking idiots." <laughs> <laughs> so that you know, obviously resonated right? in me of doing the band, oh, and yeah. then for years it just wasn't feasible because it's you know, it costs a little money to have them, oh, even yeah. if I use local musicians. Yeah. Uh, but next year I have one guy traveling with me everywhere I go. So that's good. Uh, one guy does the keyboard, does the iPad, he plays the uh, the saxophone, and he's he's my bass. Then the band, then it's easy. One guy with me. And I have that sometimes now, but not all the times. But next year, 100% of the time, there'll be somebody with
1: me. You know, that should actually come back. Because that, I mean, you just reminded me of being a little boy watching the Ed Sullivan show. Or the Dean Martin John, show. The Dean Martin show, absolutely. It was always, they always had a band. Yeah, everything comes back. It just comes back
2: a little different. Yeah. But yeah, everything makes, even with music, you know. You know, music, there's like... uh, Whatever music you liked, I always tell someone, if you ask a young person, if you go, hey, you know the music I like, put some new music in front of me. You do sifting. Because if you talk about old music from the old days, it was great, Probably, I don't wanna give the number because I might be wrong on it, but I'll throw a number out there. Let's say 25% of music in the 50s, 60s, and 70s was great. Whatever year, yeah. you, anybody likes. <coughs> yeah, if you're fine. listening to the show right now, whatever year you think was the best era, go back to that. What was the percentage of the music that was great? There was crap always. And, and, always. Then, and, and then there was yeah. some, oh, great, 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 great music. So whatever you think the percentage is, I don't wanna get caught up on the percentage. Not you, but you, you the listening right, audience. Right. If you think it's 40, it's 40. Okay. <laughs> but that means there was a lot of crap yes. so if you just listen to new music today and you don't know what you're looking for you're going to have to sift through a lot of crap say, it was like in the old days well in the old days uh, 80% of it or 100% was great you didn't have no. to sift through <clears throat> now, no it was So, but if you tell a young person what you like you go I like this and I like that they'll put some new music in front of you it'll change your belief that there's no good music anymore you'll be like oh my god you know I told some kids on my podcast what I like, and they put new music in front of me, and I'm like, there's a ton of great new music. You just don't know if you're not searching, and you end up saying there's no good music like there used to be. But if you're not searching for it, you can't say there's no good music if you're listening to the radio and watching television. Mm, Right. That's not where you search for it today. There's musicians out there that we never heard of that are selling out 3,000-seat rooms, Mm -hmm. and they're great. If you go, I just like old crooners, there's someone young today even doing that.
1: there is a mm-hmm. club in town called Crooners, and the guys are amazing. Right. Men and women are amazing.
2: And they're probably younger.
1: Younger. Yeah. yeah
2: and there's someone doing that. You know, there's there's, a, there's, a, there's other Michael Bublé's that, you know, have come along. He's, you know, he's probably 50 now, but there's other guys yeah, that, are, that love that type of music when they were growing up. And they do it. It has a different flair, but overwhelmingly. So
1: I got very lucky, and, you know, obviously just being born. I already told you that, you know, your mother's eight years older than I am. But... Elvis Presley broke when I was four years old. So that was like, oh my God. And then the Beatles broke when I was eleven years old. And then Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin came along when I was sixteen years old. I mean, what a run that is. Before you're even eighteen, all of that happened. Yeah. It's just, you know, the Rolling Stones, the Who, but then you get on to the, the you know, the Zeppelins and, and Jimi Hendrix I still I'll never forget the first time I ever heard uh Purple Haze. I thought this this is going to change my life just listening to that you know and
2: you're younger and you don't you know that's the thing you're younger and you you listen to a lot of my brother is a teacher and he said something interesting i was telling him about you know about music and there is good music and the kids even that like the new music they're not mad at the old music they love it they learn about it and so he said i was talking telling them i forget who it was but let's say hypothetically it was he was telling them about a band he didn't think they'd hear of well he he goes, so I told him about it, he goes, and they were like real politely, they're in sixth grade or seventh grade. He goes, Oh, Mr. Glass, actually um that band was that and they started in there, and he's like, Oh my god, they know because they they kids that really like music, they yeah, want to learn about yeah. the old music too. No question. So they're not they they'll listen, they know what's going on today, they know what's going on in the past. Hey, they even embrace listening to it on records. And oh, some of them vinyl's huge again. Vi- yeah, vinyl's oh, yeah. huge again. So I think that's important mm-hmm. to remember about youth, because they're not mad at old people. The old people are just, for some reason, mad at their youth, but they embrace <laughs> they embrace uh, the old music. They're, they'll listen to cassettes, and they learn, mm-hmm. and they want to know about it, and they find the good stuff. You know, they're not sitting around going, oh, old music. Huh. They're like, no, listen to this. Oh, you're going to love this. My nephew showed me a band from, like, years ago. Like, I had never heard of them. He goes, yeah, they were like, you know, they, they didn't do, they weren't very popular back then, but they were looking listen to what they did you know the internet you know internet's great i don't i never remember who it is <laughs> we'll
1: take a break we'll come back because i, I want to talk more about this because these are very good points you're making i try and that's true <laughs> but i want to bring something up about not people not knowing who someone is which shocked the hell out of me we'll be right back a couple of minutes more with todd glassy's acme tonight and tomorrow night two shows be right back Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save five hundred dollars on your LASIK.
0: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: I don't think it's I don't
2: think it's a crime knowing that the words that come out of your mouth are powerful. And I watch I watch The Old Evening at the Improv. Well, we can talk about it if you want. Well,
1: we're talking about it right now because oh, we you are. got a little Frank Sinatra. Or wait a minute, Dean Martin. Got a little Dean Martin playing in the background. My mother adored Dean Martin.
2: You know what's funny about Dean Martin? I didn't learn about him till about almost what we were talking about you know learning about old music i knew dean martin because of jerry lewis and dean martin but only till about five years ago we started playing a a youtube roulette where you go around and you show people bands you like and you try to keep it i try to keep it music videos and stuff or live performances and i learned about dean martin you know i mean learn like saw a concert of his when he was probably 65 and i'm like Oh
1: my God, he was so good. Oh God, yeah.
2: I mean, he was oh smooth, yeah. and he, in a way, are there? Is there a group of people? It's a weird question. That go, Dean was the slickest one out of all of them, because more Probably. than Sinatra, even. Probably. He was comfortable with his masculinity. He was com- comfortable correct. with his femininity, like what was gentle or soft. And mm-hmm. I watched him. I'm like, oh, I never knew this Dean Martin. You know, I just thought it was Dean Martin. Like, he was, like, silly, and he didn't, which he's both. It was really cool to see. Do you
1: know the story of Dean Martin and JFK? No. Oh, God, it's a great story. So Frank Sinatra got out and and stumped for for John F. Kennedy like a a madman. He did everything he could for John Kennedy to get him elected and all the rest of it. I mean, Sam Giancana, Mm -hmm. going that far, the whole deal. So JFK gets elected. Now, Dean Martin never liked JFK because he would see Frank acting really weird around. He said he kind of thought that, that, that Frank Sinatra would kind of kiss up to JFK, and it had bothered him a lot that he would do that. So Dean Martin wasn't, a, wasn't doing that at all. So JFK gets elected, and Dean Martin gets contacted by the White House. They say we would like to have you come and, and uh, do a concert and then stay for dinner with the president afterward. That would be wonderful. Uh, so what do you think? Can you come into a concert and have a little dinner with the president? Dean Martin said, tell John Kennedy I will come because I'm a friend of Frank's. I'll do two songs, but I don't want to eat with him.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: that's Dean Martin right there man I love. what did the they do did
2: they do it you think uh yeah <laughs> ah, I don't I don't want to eat with
1: him I don't want to eat with him I'll come and sing but I don't want to eat with <laughs> him his songs it, it
2: come came out of his mouth like the ending would like butter just oh, like I yeah. know oh, he oh, yeah. would just sit there and there's one where he lights up a cigarette oh, we're allowed to curse right? you can say whatever you okay. want um, you already but, told
1: one guy to fuck himself. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did but I
2: forgot I thought uh, maybe that was
1: uh, <laughs> but He would I light forgot. that cigarette
2: up And then You know And he would And I turned to my friends I'm like That's right Look at him Fucking lighting that cigarette yeah. Yeah. So cool Sitting in front of the yep. piano And he was singing I know it's over
0: I know, you know. So I am beautiful. more of a Dean fan than I was a Frank. Oh,
1: my mother adored Dean Martin.
2: And he was funny. He did these things that I tell my friend if you stop watching it, it's a it's a three minute video. Don't look away. He does that thing where he starts running like he's and then he stops. And
1: then he stops. <laughs> or he or like he big uh, stride. Yeah, right, right. He takes a big stride, and then he's like too, uh, too
2: energetic. And then he turns to the guy in the piano and he goes, How come your lines keep getting longer every night?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just
2: all this rapport. Or he does the thing where he picks up a penny and the middle of a show that he finds while he's singing yep. and he bends yep. down picks it up does a flip and he doesn't even catch it but he keeps singing <laughs> or he does the thing with the mic where he goes to grab the mic stand but it's not there but it's not you know, there, it's not <laughs> there yep. you know
1: it's all great stuff he had a great like les brown and his band of renown was his band mm-hmm. les brown and the band of renown right well one night they're playing a show and for some reason les brown starts talking and dean looks over at him like and he didn't say anything and then finally, Les Brown realizes he maybe shouldn't be talking so much, and Dean turns back to the crowd and says, "Let's have a little more music and a little less Brown." <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what I thought I he love said. That Sometimes stuff. I'll take those lines and I'll use them. Like I'll go, "Hold the band." I do the thing, hold the band. <laughs> yeah, I love right. hold the band. Hold the band, and they just keep playing. Love I go, it. hold the band to my to my guys. <laughs> they keep playing. I go, hold the band. I go, what don't you get? What don't you get? In 20 years, I never ask you guys to hold
1: it. That's what he <laughs> said. I'm telling you, flat out, it's a great thing that you're doing because I don't I don't think anybody else is doing it, are they?
2: No. No, I mean I think it's and it is work and you know it's it's funny you say it about six months ago when I go I got to bring one guy on the road and by the way full disclosure all that is less work for me because if one (laughs) if one guy has the keyboard and he plays the sax and he has the iPad in there. I don't have to train three other or two other local musicians. He's there with them. And it's not only music. It's a lot of bits. There's a lot of comedy that comes from the bands. So he's just there. He cues the drummer. He does eight billion things that just come naturally to him because he's done my show so many times, but I don't always get to bring him with me. Mm -hmm. So when I get to bring him with me, but about six months ago, I said to my manager, I go, did I get myself in over my head? <laughs> because I yeah. can't imagine going to a venue now without the band because I hope people watch my Netflix special and go, you know, oh, it was a great show. If I didn't bring the band, I said to my manager, what would happen? Right. And maybe they'd go, oh, it was great, but he, he didn't have the band with him. I love the so band. So
1: I go, I, I think I need band. to do
2: it. Yeah, Sometimes if I only have one guy, I, we set up like six other music stands. Like there's six other musicians, and we yeah. have like we'll put bongos on a chair. And, and I just all I have is one guy. I go. I say, oh, my band got in a bus accident. They're all oh, dead, folks. They're all dead. they're all dead. But the show must go on.
1: And that works. Uh, that oh, works. <laughs> that works too. See, I think that's great comedy. I just think it's a cultural thing. First of all, now yeah. what's your what's your heritage? Glasses. Uh,
2: Jewish by birth.
1: Jewish but glass yeah. is a Jewish name. Well,
2: usually is glass Men. I guess it stems glass from. Men, but yeah. I don't adhere to any uh, you know, any religion. Uh but I but I'm yeah, I don't play, you know, people go, what are you? I'm nothing. Well, I know what you're asking. So yeah, mm-hmm. Jewish. But my uh, you know when I was <laughs> when I grew up, I used to say because I used to say I was half Jewish, half Italian, and I think the genuine reason was it stopped people uh, indirectly yeah, yeah. it uh it gave people a, a way for me to Secretly prove how much we can think, oh, that's so Italian in you, or that. So, all the things yeah. I would do, my friend would go, man, that Italian in you really comes through. And I never said anything. But Judd Apatow, years ago, affectionately go, he goes, Are you a self hating Jew? And I was Ooh. like, But affectionately, like you're no, a self hating Jew. And I went, I go. This was years and years ago. I go. I oh, I, I no. And I told him why. I go no. And I proved it. I go. So after that, people would go. You know, it comes up in conversation a month later. Hey, well, what, what's your you know your background? I go. I'm half Jewish. And then I remember what Chad would say. And I go. They go. Oh, what's the other half? I go. Jewish.
0: <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> I go, I'm breaking it to you
0: slowly. <laughs> you get that? It's fine. It's yeah. not a problem, is
2: it? No. But now, yeah, no. Was, my mom and dad were both Jewish.
1: Isn't it kind of weird though for a Jew to be a comedian? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> but I, I no, I, I seriously. How long have you been doing the band now?
2: About hard like this about two years. Two years, year yeah, and a half, year like. and a year and a half. <clears throat> year and a half, like where it's everywhere.
1: Because I because yeah, I saw it the first time. I that that this is really smart because it did remind me of what exactly what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Dean Martin being funny and being you know playing great music because music is good. Yeah. It is? Yeah, it, right, exactly. It's really good music. And,
2: and you know, sometimes I have them play as even the crowd's being seated. And that just makes the whole night longer because sometimes that's a half an hour or an hour. Some clubs have, they seat the crowd for an hour. Really? So as they're coming in for an hour, there's three <laughs> people on stage, you know, just, you know, one club I had a stand up bass, drums, and a keyboard. People come into a comedy club and the lights, I have them a little lower than normal. And then there's three guys playing instruments, with, you know, guys and girls. And, uh, and then it's just sexy as they're being seated. So the night yeah. has begun before the show starts. I agree. Starts. I think
1: it's very smart. Yeah, gives people
2: it's really smart. and it doesn't cost that much really for me to doesn't cost me anything. Matter of fact, I'm always asking the band, "Do you mind going out there and playing?" It's an hour you'd have to play. They're like, "We don't care. We're here. We'd like to play." So, yeah, because this is what
1: they like to yeah, do. Yeah, I wonder why nobody else kind of caught that because as you. Every time I ever saw Don Rickles, who, by the way, was one of the nicest men I've ever met in my was life. It, what,
2: Yeah, he was. A what a
1: wonderful guy he was. Yeah. Just a, a terrific man. But, but every time I ever saw him, he had a band. And it was a big part of his act. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's very, very smart.
2: Yeah, at the end, when he had so much money, I mean, he'd have, like, you know, yeah. certain venues. He'd have, like, a 13-piece orchestra. Yeah. You know, I guess that would be an orchestra. No, 13-piece band, I guess. But it, it's orchestra-like, you know? Yeah. And they would play like all the... Oh, it was so great when you were sitting there, and all of a sudden they go, ladies and gentlemen, because the show was going to start... Enjoy the sounds of Don Rickles and they do a medley of dun 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 and then they'd go through all the music that he uses throughout a show just as like a three minute opening and then it would go dark, like boom, pitch black. And then the guy on the drum. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Warmth himself, Don Rickles. He'd come them. out. I was 13 years old. Saw him at the Valley Forge Music Fair. 3,000 people in the rounds. And he came through that crowd. And I tell you, I got the chills. I was 13. Oh, yeah. And I knew the band. I was like, this is the best thing. And I remember he got mad at the band guy. He goes, hey, come out here. And I do the whole thing. I do the circle. It's important for the people to do the circle, And you're up here. Da, 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 da. It's not about you. And you go on and on and on. And quite frankly, you ruined the whole show. And then then you hear the mic drop. He drops the mic. He runs into the ground. I don't want to do it anymore. Stand up, lady. He takes her seat. He tells someone to stand up and he just takes her seat. He just sits there yelling. 3,000 people. He's not yelling with a lav mic. He's just yelling. So if you're all the way over there, but it sounds beautiful that it's not in the mic. Oh, it was me and my brother. And then then he made the rounds. We were the we were in that night. Me and my brother were in the first row, and he made that oh. circle where the band's going mm-hmm. <singing> And he said yep. something to somebody in the back. <ification> it was like he made little comments about everybody. He goes by me and my brother. See, he did say sweet things. He goes, "What's your name, my friend?" My brother goes, "Michael." My brother was 15. He goes, "You seem like nice young boys." And he like said something sweet. Me and my brother, he went a little further. Like why didn't we get insulted? Yeah. <laughs> the what the hell was that? What's wrong with us? Yeah, what the hell? Why does why he say we're nice boys? Well, but he probably just saw these like two innocents just taking funny. him in. And, you yeah. know, we were, we couldn't take our eyes off of it. We're like, we'd seen him on TV, but we're like, right. oh my God. And it was so great. And, oh, we loved it. It really affect. it really influenced me, obviously, because that's probably oh, uh, why yes. I like it. band. Do you sing? I don't sing seriously. I I'll hit like you know I like sometimes I'll be like, whether I'm right and then the band and I always wrong, go to a note till I can't hit it, which is usually forty seconds in, and then I blame it on the band. But that's the joke. I go, I think you fucked up the whole song. With you play the drums. I need a two count, and you're giving me a half of a C, but with a barrier, which means nothing at all. You no, know, so, you know. But it sounds like I go. Of course, I know about music, you know. But, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'm nice to, them, but I'm also silly with the band. Like I don't want to make the whole shtick that I just yell at them because no, no, I no, don't. No. I, I have great affection for these guys.
0: Uh, Reckles would sing every once in a while. He
2: would. He would. He goes, "You go, well, uh, uh I'm a nice guy yeah, in yeah, spite of what right, you I'm heard. A nice I'm a
1: polite guy.
2: Whenever you. you see me, you just don't stop the chat, cause I'm starry lady."
1: So you do you go after the crowd a little bit during these things as well? No, I don't. No, you um, don't, I, 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 don't mean, I haven't seen you do it. That's why I was asking. No,
2: I, I not because I wouldn't, wouldn't mind some, you know, good crowd work because I you know, obviously I love Rickles, but no, I don't really I I, uh, I go after I only go after someone if I think they're being rude or talking a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mostly I'm just asking the crowd to as a mass engage with me. To be silly sometimes. That's what I always say. You know, just for them to be silly. But as long as they're into it. The problem is sometimes I can get mad before I even go out there. Because when the band takes the stage, like before the show starts, all the lights in the house go down. Foomp and then the band I, you know just everything stays the same and then the band goes out to a song every night because they take the stage and then they start seating and then the drummer gets to his drums and he plays along with it and then the other guy takes and if I look through the curtain and I see people with no like I see certain people they're going oh this is going to be fun you know? if I see people with a blank look on their face I get mad at the crowd before I even go out <laughs> <I> go, <laughs> my brother's look. like Todd you can't get mad before you go out already. Yeah, I go I am look at, that, look at that table I go look 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 right over there he goes really yeah where, where were you at where musicians were taking the stage in front of you and you weren't, you weren't looking at the menu you know we're or, or looking you know uh, anyway now i'm pissed off i don't want to do the show anymore Cancel <laughs> the show. Cancel the show today.
1: <laughs> well do you ever hear the story about you must have heard the story about rickles and meyer lansky at the fountain blue do you ever hear this story
2: was that with the uh, with the um with people or
1: he, he he they moved two tables to make room for meyer lansky
2: no so i don't know this rickles up on stage at the fountain
1: blue <laughs> in miami ladies and gentlemen uh, and he's in the not in the middle of his act, but he's begun his act on stage. All of a sudden, the door is open. He's like, you can tell he's not happy because the door is open, and like, and then all of a sudden he realizes it's Meyer Lansky for younger people. Meyer Lansky was a was a gangster with uh, pretty much uh, what uh, what the hell's his name? The Italian guy with the crooked eye. What the hell was his name? Uh, Lucky Luciano. They were big time buddies. So he realizes it's Meyer Lansky. And on stage, Don Rickles goes, Here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a little time here. A really good friend of mine, I've known him forever. He's, he's here. Meyer Lansky's with us. Uh, could, could you move those two tables and bring another table right here, front and center, for, for Mr. Lansky? <clears throat> so they're doing all that. He's just standing on stage, just kind of, you know, not doing anything. He's not doing any act. They bring the table, and they put a tablecloth out, some nice chairs, all the rest of it. He goes, Okay, so you're sitting down there, you're comfortable, Meyer, that's great. Uh, could you bring him a bottle of champagne? Just put it on my tab, it's a nice bottle of champagne for Meyer Lansky and his, his people. That's terrific. Okay, you're all covered. Okay, let me get back to my act now, Meyer, but tell you what, I just want you to be comfortable while you're here. I want you to enjoy the show, get comfortable. Tell you what, I want you to make yourself comfortable. Kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, make yourself and kill somebody, and they loved it. They loved it. They loved it. He used they to
2: go. Was, These guys used to come see me. He would like tell Jimmy Kimmel like they come to see me, and they would sit in the first row. They would be laughing, but they'd be like, "I didn't know what they were doing." He goes, "It ended up
1: they were choking on gunpowder." <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. Be right back with Todd Glass. Phenomenal. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable, and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the ultimate wellness and weight loss program powered by Nutrimos, help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutrimos free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from clients-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress is new to most weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. That's life. That's what
2: it's
0: all about. Martin. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. I, I think That's Life was one of the songs that was on... The Dean Martin did? <laughs> that was on Frank's list and Dean
1: I think it's very... We need more entertainment like that Mm -hmm. that's why i I, like i said i told you a year and a half ago or two years or whatever it was i love what you're doing because it's just a very comfortable very funny thing it's very it's really entertaining too.
2: it's fun and you know most of the audiences that come out just by the nature of comedy clubs or at least the audience is fairly young and they love it they're they're not like oh what's this they love it it's just fun music going back and forth i mean it's it's a stand-up show but uh, the music part of it is... Uh, and even when they're leaving, like the band plays as they're leaving. And then I yeah. come back out three times and do yep. three more like joking songs. I do like Bismarcky, You Got What I Need. Marquee, <laughs> and, I, and I just... And I'm with the band, we're just singing it loud. And then I come back out again. I do Mr. Rogers. It's such a good feeling. You know that we're friends. We just keep like it's doing great. encore after encore. But I wait till about 70% of the audience has left. Oh, and really? I'll leave, yeah. and then seventy well, yeah. percent's gone, and then I come back on the stage like that's my encore. But I get rid of, and then uh, and then I did it. I don't. know You haven't been there yet. When I you, have you been there at night yet? Yeah, Tuesday was. Tuesday it? night? Yeah. So there you go. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh! So Brandon, you didn't show up, huh? Oh, no, no. no, no he's a, day, he man. works during the day, He works during the day. <laughs> no, but he'll be there. I'm not teasing. <laughs> I am, though. <laughs> You're I, uh, I love going after Brandon. He I said, when did. we
2: go on that podcast, don't you make fun of me in front of Tom. <laughs> Tom's he's a big enough him. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll They already you. give me a lot of shit. If <laughs> <laughs> you just say nice things about the club, Todd, you hear me? Now, read this script.
1: Read the Club script. <laughs> Lewis, Lewis gave you some lines. Yeah, yeah, Lewis wrote it out for you. That's <laughs> yeah, a wonderful idea. It's a great plan. As a matter of fact, I um, that whole experience just going to see. Look, there are some people that stand up at the mic and they do these brilliant. Well, Dave Chappelle does brilliant monologue. I mean, he just does. Uh, and then other people do what they do. They're you know they're pairs of people. They're you know what you're doing. I think. Has anybody else picked up on that yet cuz i think they will
2: i mean it's do, i'm doing you know it's going well like you know i look is, at my, yeah. i look at my uh, you know after the netflix special you know i've been doing comedy a long time but i look at the net, you know going out to clubs and it keeps getting better and better so that's all i'm you know i'm i'm happy about it and still getting to perform stand up and you know i'm loving it i loved it before i have loved it i've always you know really enjoyed it i don't get oh, I don't I really get tired I of it the the travel you know, I come in a day early before there's any shows mm-hmm. so I can chill and get get. Good idea. I have a show yes. that night so it's a very relaxing day of travel. I leave L.A. at 11 or 12 because I don't have a show in the afternoon. So it, that that's a lot of it. It's a, and I don't try to rush home the day of the close. You know, yeah. Sunday, if I yeah. know Sunday I have to leave, even if you take an 11 o'clock flight, that means you still got to get up at 8.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: So I take 4 or 5 o'clock flight out on Sunday. That way, Saturday night when it hits midnight, I'm not like, oh, I got to get up.
1: Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I, I love the whole i have been really enjoying it, and you know, at this point in my career, I can I work. Good comedy clubs are fun to work because they know what they're doing and they know how to they they you know they take care of the press, they take care of the hotel. You just go in and be funny. So it's all good.
1: It is a great. (laughs) I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Fold up the tent. Uh Um, Where did it? Was there somebody that inspired you? Screaming at people, you're a fucking idiot. I mean, did anybody? Did something? I think really I always like
2: yelling in a silly way. Yelling is funny. Yeah, yelling is funny. But I don't. I don't pick Like I'm not. Like I've seen comedians talk. to... Like no one is to be worried in the front row of my crowds because I do not go through the audience and go, no. "Where's your shirt? Are you two on a date? Are you people are nervous <laughs> to sit in the first row? They're nervous to sit in the yeah, first row. Oh Sometimes God. they just want to enjoy the show. <laughs> yep. So I don't do that. Now if people do it. That's fine. And I've seen people do good crowd work. I want to really point that out. That I think. Uh, Todd Berry does good crowd work. Well, back years ago, I used to watch Ellen DeGeneres do good oh, yeah, crowd work. And what yeah. I mean, she didn't pick low hanging fruit. If somebody had a name that was different, I, sub subconsciously, I think a performer that does it, like Todd Berry or Ellen or Jimmy Pardo at his best, you know, Jimmy Pardo is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't have to go for the low hanging fruit. If somebody has a funny name or they, they you know, I can do better than that. I don't have to do crowd work that a bully in high school could do.
1: Right, right. <laughs> so,
2: but I love yelling. At, I just, I don't know. I always think yelling is funny, especially so wasn't yelling an
1: uncle or your dad. Or anybody
2: that did that? No, I, really? I uh, no. A prop, well, Don Rickles probably influenced me yeah, because he probably, did a lot of yeah. comedic yelling, yelling yeah, at did. the band. Someone said yeah, Don did. Rickles mastered fake, I'll say the word wrong, but you'll be able to say it right. And this is not an insult, it's a compliment. He mastered fake in, indentation. Hey, what's it when you're a fan? Ing, what's that word? Indignation. Yeah. Indignation. Is that, what Indignant. is it? Indignant. Yeah, the yeah. And like, and how dare you. you? Like, someone would go yes. to him. Now, you went to the, the school of the Juilliard or whatever. Did did you did you get on a scholarship? It's just a fair question, right? Mm-hmm. And he'd go, but he knew what he was doing. That he was right. He'd go, no, I paid. What are you a dummy? <laughs> no, I just I just walked in and started to act. No, I walked in and started to act. And he goes, he goes, and so he was always. He would ask him questions, and he would just act like, how dare you? Like, now your daughter got married, and he, you would see him. I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk about my show. What are you prying into my family? For? <laughs> uh, but uh, so probably Don Rickles. Maybe when I was really like when I was, I remember being in high school, and then I always remember there were the, the 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 legends like Rickles and Rodney and Alan King and uh, even Alan King. Alan King. Yeah, I did too, and I didn't even know what he was talking about, but he he yelled a little, not like me, but yeah, he yelled. Yeah. Uh, and then there were, but the guys that I thought. I, I, that resonated like I could do this and they were super young but when I was in high school they were already established were like Jay Leno I remember seeing yeah. on The Tonight Show or the daytime talk shows uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld to watch him on The Tonight Show was always like you know, you, mm-hmm. I, I I loved it. You know, so I would watch the newer comedians. Some I don't remember uh, their names anymore. Johnny Dark, I used to watch a Johnny lot. Johnny
1: Dark, I my know. God, he's still around. Is he he's still
2: around? He was always a sweet guy. Yeah? I, yeah, yeah, he was always really sweet. So was so were most comedians, which I am proud of. Like, you
1: what's know, really amazing about that? You point that out because he once in a while sends me a message, and it's always really nice.
2: Really? Yeah. Johnny that was very Dark. very nice Letterman had him do a bit. It was the I don't he would he played. I didn't know this till years later. He did the uh, now our oldest intern, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Dark, and he wore a page outfit, mm-hmm. NBC studio, right. and he would do bits where he would uh, you know. I remember bits. Bits stay with you for a while. He goes. I remember my mom. Oh, yeah, she would always try to she would get me to stay home. She'd find out ways. Johnny. Before you go out, (laughs) could you uh, paint the house? My
1: mother, actually,
2: nice Catholic woman, right? Could you paint the house? I saw him open up for at the Valley Forge Music Fair. I was fifteen, working at the Valley Forge Music Fair, three thousand seat in the round, and he opened up for Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh God! Yeah, Engelbert Humperdinck. You know what? Can I tell you? As I get older, I'm more embarrassed to, not embarrassed, but, like, don't want to just say, oh, they're all the bands. Because it's like, oh, you're an old guy. you just like, but when I was 15, it was more unique. I loved Engelbert Humperdinck. I would see these guys because the band and their showmanship. And I didn't know how cheesy he was then.
1: (laughs) Well, he did make a mistake here at the old Met Center. What did he do? Uh, He was on stage. and someone. How long ago? Oh, God, 30 years ago, something like that. Maybe longer than that. He's on stage. I mean, it wasn't a big mistake. It's just a mispronunciation. But somebody sent him a note saying they thought he looked a lot like Tom Selleck, right? Mm-hmm. And he read it, and whoever wrote, handwrote it for him, thought they were going to be clever and you know talk about the TV show. And he reads, he literally, seriously goes, "There are a lot of people that think I look like Magnum P. <laughs> it's like, Magnum, Mag- Magnum P.I. Oh God. <laughs> It's like Uh. Engelberg. Magnumpy?
0: Forg- they forgot really? to put the hyphen in there. Uh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they
2: say you found somebody new. I do a bit like that in my uh, about yeah, the old you... crooners that they used to tell their jokes, but then they could go right into their song, so it didn't matter if the jokes <laughs> sucked. Right. So they would be <laughs> like, all, you yeah. know, like my father has two uh, wooden legs and he burnt to the ground. They say you found somebody new,
1: so it didn't have to wait for the lamp, you know. <laughs> it's <sounds> very smart. <laughs> So you can use Magnumpy now. He doesn't use it anymore. <laughs> Magnumpy. He still tours. He
2: does. These guys, you know. Tom Jones. Oh, I mm-hmm. remember seeing Tom Jones when I was 20. Really? And it was, I loved it. Tom Jones still is doing these, you know, 15,000 seat rooms. Is he really? And it's great. I had no idea. He was and he's done. almost 80. I think he might be 80. He might be 80. He's probably. aged well. He's He knows what to wear. He looks cool. The band is cool. He knows he's done a lot of right things for the longevity of his career. I
1: loved watching his TV show because at the end of his TV show every week he would say something in Welsh. Oh really? <laughs> Jesus! Because it's a, like every word in Welsh has like 15 L's in it <laughs> for he's, some reason. He's 79. All pronounced he's
2: 79. 79. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch. Go YouTube. Uh, uh, YouTube him and you'll see. You know. I like it. You know. My
1: my my Delilah. Now he's a hell of a talent. A yeah, hell of a town. I, I really like because what you're doing to me is you're bringing something very new to this audience, but looking back at all the all the influences you had and stuff that you loved. Yeah, they which de- is why it's funny.
2: Yeah, they definitely affect you. You don't know. You don't want to steal, but if you're influenced, you hope you don't cross that line right. of influence. But um, just being influenced. But oh yeah, all those. I mean, I'm in, I you know, I I get influenced, but I think I hope I'm right. What makes me. I want to be a good comedian until I'm 60, 70, 80 years old, is that I'm also very influenced by younger comedians too.
1: Well, that's not a bad idea, yeah, because, I mean, that's not and, a bad thing And at I all. heard
2: a musician say that that you, you have to do both, you have you can't think it's all bad because you have so much to learn from these old musicians and comedy is the same, mm-hmm. but I'll just, because we're talking about music and comedy, they're both, but you have so much to learn by the uh, the older guys, older 20 years, older 30 years oh, older, yeah. there's so much to learn, but th- if you don't think there's anything to learn from the new guys, you're not growing at the rapid rate what you need. No,
1: I think that's a very good point. So I know there's <clears throat> new
2: comedians, you know, like, you know, like Rory Scovel, guys like that, or, you know, I see someone like Chelsea uh, Peretti, or, you know, the, li- the list goes on and on, but you can never think of them when you're sitting here, uh, but that I, that I learned from learn. wow, look at them just doing whatever they want on stage and look at them, like they're taking chances, look how they shot their special. So it works both ways, you know, it's, there's a lot you can learn from, from the new guys too, and, uh... It's fun.
1: You know, it's funny you brought up earlier that, like, when I was a kid, I knew that my mother loved Glenn Miller. She, had, she just loved listening to Glenn Miller. I knew my grandmother loved listening to Rudy Valley. So I knew who those people were, and I don't know that we do that anymore. And, and an example of that is, uh, you watch professional golf at all, ever? Uh, no. You know who Rory McIlroy is? No. He's, a, he's an Irish, really, really good mm-hmm. golfer. He's from Northern Ireland, so they asked him two years ago at the Open. Um, Rory, could you do me a favor? And he said, "Yeah, whatever." And he said, "Name one of the Beatles." And he said, "George Lucas." <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: he didn't. How know. old is he? Uh how old is Roy McIlroy? He and he's like, in his twenties, like, isn't he? he? He's in his twenties.
0: He's in his late
1: twenties. He is. <coughs> 30. 20. He's 30. Oh, okay, yeah. so he's I mean, 30 like sometimes
2: 20. when younger people look, if you're a comedian, <clears throat> you should know who Rodney Dangerfield is. If oh, you're yeah. a comedian, yeah, you should know good. who Don Rickles is. If you're a younger yeah, comedian, yeah. and all younger comedians do, that's what's so awesome. Like, you're like, oh, you got comedy in your blood. But no, if a regular, if I was talking to, you know, I you can't ever think of examples, but hypothetically, let's say, uh, uh, you know, my brother. Neighbor's kid, I go over his house, and uh, we're talking about comedy. And my brother goes, "Yeah, remember we saw?" And he didn't know who Rodney was. Well, I wouldn't give him, I wouldn't give him shit because it's like, no, he hasn't been around right, in right. a long time. You know, when I brought um, some of the kids that work on the podcast, they're always younger. A lot of the times mm-hmm. in, in L.A., they, they the ones that help out. They're twenty, they're twenty-one. You know, they're they're young, and I brought them to see. I was on Jimmy Kimmel, and I didn't realize it because I'm just. You know, watch Jimmy Kimmel from The Man Show, and I'm still getting nervous yeah. on the show because the magnitude of the amount of people you're going out to. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but, I'm, but I realize these kids are like, when Jimmy, when they saw Jimmy, they got nervous. They grew up with Jimmy. Yeah. They watched him since they yeah. were six years That's old, true. just like we watched maybe when Letterman or The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's, it's interesting. But, uh, yeah, they don't know who certain people are. But, like, yeah, they just knew Kimmel. Like, when he came in and they're like, I grew up watching
1: this show. That and show there was a big is. show. That it's, was a big show. What? The man show. Yeah. You know, it was. I mean, Pete. And maybe. But um, maybe, now the, his
2: show is a big show. I'm talking about his. I'm oh, no, no, I understand. I'm talking no, understand. about the late night show. No, I
1: understand. Absolutely. That It's interesting because I woke up this morning at 2 o'clock. I just have, once in a while I just wake up and I can't get back to sleep. So I did watch replays of a lot of the late night talk shows. Mm-hmm. They're not as good as they used to be.
2: The, sh- I, the ones now, yeah.
1: You know what it is? <clears throat> what is? It? You know, I
2: I always feel like I I don't want. Believe it or not, I hold back on my opinion because it's it. You know, it's like you know, you know me by now. It's like anything that's not what it used to be. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. Like know, when we, know. we were
2: off the air, you said, "Oh, there are all these shootings." It's you know what's going on in the world. And yeah, I go, "What yeah. about the mafia?" Like it's not that you're <clears throat> rationalizing oh, oh, what's right. going on today, no, but you're right. going. It, it, things things are complex, and if you look at them topically, you. But no, it's not. But. It's podcasts because if you look at the old Tonight yeah. shows when they did yeah. an hour and a half, they breathed. They didn't, and I loved it. They didn't mind if there was like a, a second where you're just sitting there and taking three right. seconds to, you know, and it was an hour and a half show. So you go, well, they don't have that anymore. And it's, but then if you go, oh, but we have podcasting now. So it is. It's different. It Changed takes on a new form, <laughs> it but it does lead back to that relaxing. You know, uh, just conversation and being able to talk and you don't have to worry about anything. So things take different form. And, you know, and we'll stay obviously, you know, kids will say the same thing back 30 years later from now. They'll be like, yeah, when yeah. I was growing up, it's just, and you're not around No, it. that's
1: true. And you know what else <laughs>
2: someone said about, like, remember what I was saying off the air about if somebody, if you tell them the music you love today. Uh, they, they could show you something you'll love, you know, mm-hmm. but the difference is you're not listening to it I, I think you could still love it if you weren't mad at anything new if you but if you're able to go oh, Actually, this is great. I didn't <laughs> know this existed, you know, but if you um, You're not you the difference is you don't have the same you don't, you have responsibilities now. So when you were listening to it, when you first started true, listening to true. it, you were 17, 18, 19, 20, you didn't have responsibilities. So that has something to do with why your memories of it are so fond.
1: Well, there's no question because when Johnny Carson introduces Rodney Dangerfield, you're never going to top that. I don't care who the hell
2: you are. Oh my God. Yeah, those are that's some, that is,
0: my that is so,
2: you know, it's funny. I watched some of those old ones too. And, yeah. and you know what Johnny Amazing. does that's great? He sets him up. He knows he has to make it look like a conversation, but jo- but Brodney just comes prepared. Yeah. So Johnny just sits back. All he needs to do sometimes is go, oh, d- d- that's tough, yeah. And then he would do three <laughs> more jokes. Yeah. Not sarcastically, he would go, yeah. the, the the family's, yeah, family, it's always rough with the family. I'll tell you my wife, you know, she's not a good cook. At our house, we pray after we eat, you know. I'll tell you, I caught a fly. I caught a fly fixing the screen door. And Johnny would go, oh, at the home front, those things are a little different. The home front. And he would go <laughs> on and on and on. He didn't need Johnny to stop him. No, right. So Johnny just got in there with one or two. But I think there are the guys I, that are closest to Johnny to now is the, first of all, we're also remembering Johnny. Here's the other thing, when yeah. he was older and he became yeah, more comfortable in yeah, his own skin, right. and he didn't have to top somebody. And if somebody said something that the crowd maybe would go boo because they didn't mean it that way, like, I don't, I, maybe I don't watch your show, only because they're going on to say, I'm, I'm recording my show. And then he would, right. he, when he got older, more comfortable, he would turn, ah, ease up, ease up, people. So we're remembering that, Johnny. You don't necessarily remember Johnny that was nervous when he first started. I'm not saying he wasn't great from the first day, but he did well, become. Yeah. But if you look at Letterman, when as he grew and as he became more comfortable, first of all, if you lo- I always say this to people, if you love Johnny so much, it should it should put something in your head that he loved Dave.
1: No, he did. He Johnny did.
2: loved he Dave. Johnny would did. send him jokes. The day <laughs> did, Johnny yeah, died, right. he did all the jokes that he had faxed him, faxed him, yep. Yep. <laughs> that Faxing. week. And I think, yeah, as, I think as Dave got older and more comfortable in his own skin, his interview styles became much like Johnny's, where he was just a yeah. great interviewer and could talk to politicians or talk to comedians. I think Jimmy's great at that, too. I think Jimmy, as casual as you could be on the air of just, you know, making it seem conversational. But some of those, yeah, there's no doubt that uh, I do the same thing sometimes. I used to wake up and just try to go back to sleep, but sometimes I'll just pull out the iPad. It's a relaxing do it. time. You <clears throat> it it can cherish it. You, you don't have to get up world. too early the
1: next day, you know. Yeah. No, which I do, but not at two o'clock in the morning yeah, I don't know. I went to bed last night at eight o'clock so it's probably a little early to go to bed yeah but then I woke up at two in the morning and I just all of a sudden realized I may as well get up because it ain't gonna happen
2: so I'm you just got up for the day
1: I got up for the rest of it. I've been up since two o'clock so
2: oh my God
1: but I did a lot of reading I did a lot of research I listened to a lot I watched a lot of you know television uh, you know like old stuff and it's it's exactly what you're saying you look back at all the All the things we've been through, and I think one of the reasons that that it hit me so hard today was because if you watch the news, we all hate one another. Everybody hates everybody else, and oh my God, they're all horrible. And then you realize, we've been through this before in the 60s. You watch Johnny Carson back in the 60s, the whole world was coming apart at the seams. You know, people were were setting neighborhoods on fire. My neighborhood was burned to the ground in 1967, you know. So it's not as bad as it was then. So if people think right now is the worst it's ever been, it's not. I love to hear you you say that because
2: I never want to say it in writing off how much work we need to do to deal with what's going on today. But if you put it into perspective, you can work on it better. But if you think back then we didn't have all this – You know, we had a lot of this, and and a lot of it is when it hit communities that were our own communities. You know, there's been a lot of things that have gone on in this world that were horrible and horrendous. People go, back then we were more civil society. And and I can make someone agree with me. I can make someone agree with me. I go, and I I don't do it because it's a horrible trick, but I could go... I'm not saying it was perfect, but back then, you know, the shoulders go up. You got to admit, I'm not saying it was perfect, but it was a gentler place. A guy would open up a door for a lady, and I have a joke in my act. I go, yeah, but he didn't want her to vote. <laughs> I mean, come on, not everything new is bad.
1: I just got yelled at last week because I held the door for a woman. And she she started yelling at me, well, you think you have to hold the door for me because I'm a woman? I said, no, I hold the door for everybody. You know what, though? That's one
2: woman. It's like if you help somebody in a wheelchair and they say, look, people in wheelchairs can be uh, arrogant, too. But my friend that's in a wheelchair, I go, what is the deal? Tell me what to do. He goes, I know it petrifies you if you help somebody in a wheelchair. And they yell at you and they go, I'm okay. Then you never (laughs) want to help anybody else. He goes, help <laughs> and you will find more than us they'll be like hey thanks dude thank you appreciate it because i'm the same way they go well don't you believe whenever you say, you know uh, uh what do you call it? chivalry it That's just don't you hold the door for a woman behind you? I say what you say. I go, I hold the door for anybody Anybody. behind me. And hypothetically, if I'm on a bus, if someone goes, well, if a woman gets on a bus, you wouldn't get up for her? I go, not if she was younger with sneakers, but if it was an older guy that looked like, or a young woman with a baby. So, you know, yeah, but a lot of chivalry had nothing to do with chivalry. It was like, you know, it was like, all right, women, you can't vote, but... You get to order first at the restaurant. <laughs> are we Are we even now? Yeah, there you go. So when people go, oh, uh, I miss wonderful. good old fat. Still, people are, you know, look, people can still be amazing and people can still be sweet and yep. kind and gentle. I mean, you know, ever since... Trump got into office I, I had a thing I, I got a stomach ache and I got and I go maybe this had to happen I tried to make positive and I went just take the love to the streets and I am positive that when I'm in line at the supermarket now that other people feel the same way I don't get in other people's business if they if you're no. someone that doesn't want to talk I don't but if it's something quick like seeing something that they have in their in their basket, you know thing I go hey have you had those before ninety nine percent of the time I get greeted with so much love and warmth Yeah, I agree and then yep. and yep. then one one they're just quiet and I leave them alone. They don't, they don't want to talk. But I always I'm just trying to bring it like and people can still be amazing. You know, they said when you met Mr. Rogers you got reminded oh. how gent how decent we could be as a species. Yeah. And you can if you search for it, you still see a lot of decent people. Look what Conan O'Brien, the work he's doing, you know no mm-hmm. people wouldn't most people wouldn't go, you think that's Mr. Rogers like? He's torn around the world, you know, using comedy to like you know when he went to Haiti, if right. you watch that on Netflix bring in like comedy and and goodness and love and funny but good so there's a lot of I don't know how we got down this path but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good
1: there's a lot of of goodness in this world also you know I think it's important for somebody who wants to make people laugh to point out hey we're not as bad as it looks yeah it is important important. it is really important because it's very
2: easy to say back then and just romanticize about Mm. it there is no crime in having some things you don't like about today but I always tell people I'm on to them not because there's something they don't like of today you don't have to like everything of today some things that are new are wrong but i'm watching you from a distance and i will tell you where i get a query eye whether you are being fair is there anything you like today not do you have to love every new change if it's the redskins or if it's transgender bathrooms or if it's gay marriage or if it's women wanting to do this i'm watching you from afar if one or two you're not on board with okay but if i watch you from afar and i that's new, like. That's new, you don't 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 like. I go, I have a feeling that you just don't want to grow anymore. Yeah. Because not yeah. everything new is bad. When people talk about the kids <laughs> nah, I today, agree, uh, you know what? I'm only going to listen to something. That somebody says about the kids today, the millennials, the millennials, the millennials. I know some of your listening audience right now is going, "Oh, that's us." But you know what? You can change. You can change. You're not bound to change. I'm not. I'm not being cruel to you. I'd only be being cruel to you if you go, "Oh, he's saying this thing, but we can't change." You, you can change if I make a valid point. But not everything. I won't listen to you about kids today. You, meaning anybody listening, unless you tell me what you love about them. Not now, as I'm saying it. But I've ever heard you in the other room when. you're talking to your friends going you know what i crave about young people what is so just God, I wish I did that when I was younger. You know what's so beautiful about them? Then I don't think you have anything to offer. Because is everything kids are doing great? No. But is everything they're doing wrong? Doesn't that sound silly to you? Oh, so I just try to, <clears throat> to go forward positive, in a positive way. Yeah, I, th- I hope it does help my comedy. Because I don't want to be a parody of myself going on stage every night. This sucks. That sucks. This sucks. That sucks. Yeah, what about you? Do you suck? Well,
1: I can give you an example. I have a three-year-old granddaughter. And she walked into a room, and I didn't know she was behind me, right? Now, we'll go past that, her walking behind me, because I was on the phone with someone who was being a real prick to me. He was being way out of line. But I don't know if she's behind me. So the next day I get a call from my daughter. She says, what the hell's wrong with you? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, Fawn, her my granddaughter's name is Fawn. because goes, Fawn, said something at preschool today, and I know she heard it from you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <clears throat> she oh, said, God. <laughs> were you mad at somebody yesterday on the phone? I said, well, yeah, but why? She goes, I knew it. I said, what happened? She goes, Fawn, was at preschool, and some kid, like, shoved her a little bit, and Fawn turns around, three-year-old little girl, turns around and goes, I'll beat you to death. Oh, no. (laughs) I said, I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. It was was you. It was you. It was you. They they, they were, oh, you got that to the age where you got to be so
2: careful. I know she was there.
1: (laughs) I'll beat you to three year old, I'll beat you to death. (laughs) Like, oh, God.
2: Sometimes what comes out of their mouth is like, oh, my God. I'm reminded my oldest, my younger brother has all young kids now. They're like five, and even them, they say things, you're like, oh, my God. I remember when he was three, it's just so little. It's not even that big of a deal, but it's not even like his vocabulary, but it was just the words. Like, how did he get that word? He was three and a half, maybe four. And I was taking him to soccer practice, and I, got, I couldn't find his team. Like, there was a million games going right, on. sure, I'm yeah. starting to get a little nervous because I'm late, and I told my brother and sister I would get him there on time. And, and I'm all nervous. He's got so much. He loves gum. He's chewing gum. You know, <laughs> and he's blowing his bubbles. And I go, he goes, Uncle Todd, what's the big whoop? I'm like, did you just diss me, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know? Because he's whoop. right. What's the, you're right. I'm the going girl, to a four-year-old soccer game. What's yeah. the big whoop? You know? <laughs> This this hour went by way 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 too fast. It always, always does fun. when you're in studio, man. I love having you in studio.
2: Thank you. I love coming here. I always uh, like when I see your name on the on the press sheet. Well,
1: I feel the same way. And thank you. For Two
2: times time. this week we got to hang. Yeah, it's all I know. Good, yeah, right yeah. there you
1: go. Tonight, tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty at Acme. Todd Glass, one of the best of all time. It's true.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Always a, a lot of love here.
1: We'll talk to you next week with the family.